In this episode of the Backend Engineering Show, we're going to discuss long polling. This is the center of the topic of discussion. And because we're going to talk about long polling as a method of communication between the client and server, we really need to talk about regular polling and the opposite of that, which is pushing. So poll, push, long polling. And since we're in that realm, we really need to give an honorable mention to server sent event because it just nicely fit into that pot, really. At the end of the day, once you understand this, what, what, what this thing really is, it's not really magic. In software engineering, we just like to invent new words to sound smart. So like if I, if I tell you, hey, I'm using long polling on my backend, I'm smarter than you, right? Because I just used a term that you don't understand. That's why we like to confuse you. And and in the end, it's just we're playing with packets and requests and responses. Nothing really magic there. So that's why we try to demystify in this episode. If you're interested in this kind of stuff, stay tuned. Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcast. With that said, let's get on on the show. Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser, and long polling. Before we discuss long polling, what polling do we really talking about? What, is, what do we mean by polling here? And for non-native English speaking, by the way, there is a difference between the word poll and the word pull. So polling, the way we talk about it is that there is an O there, P-O-L-L. Pull, on the other hand, is P-U-L-L, okay? It's a, they are completely different words. You might native English speakers are saying, what are you talking about? Of course, they are two different words. Yeah, because you guys are native English speakers. I didn't know that three years ago. I, and and I, had, I kept searching long polling on Google and nothing, sh- marketing terms like push and pull started showing it's like what 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 i'm talking about software engineering so yeah pulling with a u has nothing to do with software we're not pulling anything really which there is no rope to pull on pulling which is you're asking and you're getting a response like you create a poll right on twitter or, or on youtube and you ask people hey what do you think so the idea of pulling is you Ask the backend if it has certain information. And the backend is supposed to respond to you with that piece of information. That looks very similar to a request response, right? It is. Because you make a request, the backend process that request, 
and then send you back the response. That is when the backend actually has the response or can respond to you, can respond to you. Like it, it needs to calculate something. But take this example. Let's say you're building an email client, like an Outlook, and you want to check your email, right? Building a request response system based on polling is extremely expensive because the question is, do I have messages? Is very interesting because you're going to ask a question, hey, do I have a message? And then if you want an answer at there, there and then, the server will check your inbox and it says, nah, you don't have a message. And then you are responsible to ask again, yo, do I have a message? And the server will check again and say, nope, you don't have a message. And then you can do this polling as frequent as you would like. And people still prefer this approach. Nothing wrong with that. There are disadvantages to it because there are a lot of bandwidth consumed on literally nothing. Because you're asking a question, you're getting nothing in response, which is kind of a waste of bandwidth. You might say, Hussein, it's an empty request. Who cares? Yeah. Well, you don't care if you're like a desktop client and you're, you have one backend. But imagine, mm, I don't know, one million web browsers and your application is like being consumed with three million users. And those three million users are asking empty requests to your backend. That doesn't sound too good, does it? Right? It just puts it puts it puts a back end overload on your back end. It, put, it puts an overhead on your back end that you, that you really need. So that's polling. So the the good thing about this, it, it, it's simple to implement. Like polling is very simple to implement. You do a loop, or or you have a button that is okay. For the longest time, Outlook will have a send receive button. That's basically what polling is. It checks. Hey. Do I have a do I have a message? Click, refresh. Imagine you're building a chatting app, and you have to pull the backend to see if someone sent you a message. First of all, that that bandwidth issue that we talked about. Second of all, it just is you're gonna see delay. You're not gonna get your beautiful message on time. It depends on your cadence of polling. Right? How long are you pulling? How how often are you pulling? Are you pulling every 30 seconds? Every minute? Uh, some people will say, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I don't want your stinking message anyway. It's okay if I see it after a minute. Paul, I don't care what you send me. So it's okay. Right? But people said, nah, we like real time. Right, real time stuff is good. I want to see my message as fast as possible. I want this message to come to me as fast as possible. And I don't really want to make any requests, really. I just, I just, just, just tell me. Just tell me. As a client, just tell me. That's why we invented push model, where almost nobody gets it right. Look at YouTube. If you have a YouTube channel, if you subscribe to someone, 
and you said you hit that bill icon they tell you like all the youtubers says hey hit that bell so you get notified with every request every upload that i made smash like if you smash that bell ring that bell you're telling youtube to notify you with every upload and i have a strong feeling that youtube implemented that ring and they don't make it as a default because they don't know how to do it right <laughs> technically it is very hard to build a push notification system to billions of users do you have a billion user on youtube but it's very hard to implement you might say hussein what are you talking about it's just a connection and every time the server has something on the back end it just pushes it to the socket that's what pushing is right it has to be stateful stateful it has to be stateful unlike unlike polling polling can be scaled the approach with polling you can pull something and then be directed to a server that checks the poll request for you no that's a different thing poll request is, is a good help thing the poll request that you made go can go to any server and get checked for you with pushing you have to be tethered to a server because the server need to know where the client is and that knowledge knowledge of where the client is is a state that the server need to store and keep handy dandy on the back end for it to respond to that means the connection has to stay open that's why websockets is stateful that's why tcp is stateful you need to know and then when something comes back on the back end, the moment and notifications come back from youtube to this back end and you want to push it the back end has to say okay which 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 uh, which which you which connection is jake right jake has subscribed to all notification for this youtuber so i need to notify jake right so we find uh, the tcp connection for jake and then we push the uh, 3 a.m uh uh witch dark web content for jake because that that's what jake like right and then pushes the the notification to that if jake has disconnected we can't push to jake right if jake decided to close the connection or if jake decided to disable notification we can't push to Jake. it has to do all this garbage on the back end to push right i know i'm saying bad thing about push because it's hard it's just hard to do right we're not just smart enough to implement push correctly so it's hard so we often get it wrong all right so pushing notification or pushing something if you yeah if you have like a few hundred users maybe you can do it whatsapp is a push system definitely right you you're connecting to a well at the end of the day you have a user and you're not whatsapp server is not sending a message to 100 million users at the same time it's a group that's why they limit group they, they can allow you to like oh let's have 300,000 group uh, members in a group they can't physically they can't they can't do it correctly just just the fact imagine like a, a youtuber with a million subscriber 
And before this bell icon thing in YouTube, they they were okay. Let's let's just notify everyone, and they said, "Well, we can't really do it <laughs> because we have to loop through one million sockets, right?" And, and or, or again, guys, YouTube doesn't work this way with notification. They they conduct communication between the YouTube backend and the Android or Apple cloud notification system to do the pushing. So it's maybe it's a fewer connection between back and between YouTube and Apple, right? It's probably multiplexed and all that jazz. I have no idea what's going on there. But Apple then talks to its cloud, right, of users. So there is there is an extra layer and, and it's a, for a good good reason, right? But it's hard to push 1 million notifications. It's very hard. Right? First of all, just the loop, to loop through 1 million synchronously, let's assume synchronous, right? it's going to take so much time. Right? Because at the end of the day, the millionth subscriber is going to wait 999,999 times X amount of time that is the time to push the notification. So it's slow. That's why people get the notification after a minute or an hour, sometimes three hours, sometimes seven hours. Sometimes they don't get it at all because, well, something went wrong. Tough luck. We can't get it right. We can't get YouTube notification right. They can't. That's why I said, you know what? We're going to occasionally notify you occasionally why because we can do it right they cannot do it right guys that's the reason okay and and if you even if you check that all that's what youtube didn't didn't, <laughs> didn't anticipate youtubers started telling people to hit that ring bell and then all of a sudden everybody has now the bell notification on but you know not everybody so that like is 10 percent, 20 percent will hit the bell some people don't know how uh, youtubers teach their audience as much as possible to hit the bell but it, at the end of the day it's youtube is winning because there are less people to notify if there's less people to notify i can notify them better even though pewdiepie with 100 million subscriber if 10 percent of that hit the bell they YouTube cannot possibly notify all of them. It's just very hard. You can do it. It's just YouTube is not saying, eh, it's not worth the resources. They can do it. I'm not saying they can't. They can't. It's just not worth it. They can do all sorts of threading. They can dedicate a fleet for a notification. They can. It's just not worth it. It's okay. It's okay if you don't watch that video, the 3 a.m. video. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, so that, that that's what YouTube says. It's like, okay, let's just pass on. Eh, they can't fix it if they want to. It's just they need more resources. They need more fleet of machines. They can do it in parallel. They can do all that just. Anyway, push. RabbitMQ uses push to notify the subscribers of a certain, what do they call it, channel or topic? queues right if you have a queue and you subscribe to a queue and and you and someone publishes something to this queue rabbitmq uses a push model to push this to the client right 
And you might say, okay, okay, how many clients do I have? That's that's probably fine. Yeah. That's why you use RabbitMQ when you actually know how many clients do you have and whether a push model works for you. A lot of people did not work for them that thing. Kafka is an example. Kafka abandoned the push model for that particular reason because push does not scale. It's a stateful and because it's a stateful, you have you have to be aware of the client and, and this awareness adds overhead to the back end because now I have to wear, okay, are you are you okay? Are you healthy? Uh you 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 gotta you gotta, you know, what do you call this? You gotta tap on the client, oh hey, are you okay, client? Are you okay? Can you handle this load that I'm gonna send you now or not? Right? So you you can start caring. But backends don't care about client. If you care about your clients, then you're gonna suffer, because guess what? You have you have to care about this client and this client. It's like opening a school and having a hundred students in a single class. Teachers cannot care about all the students. And eventually, they don't, they won't care about all the students, right? So there is a lot of care involved, and it's it's too much for the backend. So if you don't care, that's the best approach. Do not care. And this this knowledge and uh, state information about the client in the back end causes the back end more resources, more load. Plus, sometimes the client can't, even if the socket is open and I'm about to push something to the client, the client can't even handle it because the client is processing other stuff. How do you know if the client is ready to receive your notification? You need an acknowledgement of the client. Well, what if the client didn't acknowledge it back? Do you wait for the notification or do you don't agree? Maybe your notification, you don't care. Hey, if you get it, you get it. If you don't get it, I don't care. But if you're building a queue like RabbitMQ or Kafka, <laughs> you really need to care. Oh, well, I sent you a message. I need to know if you get it or not. Because if I sent it again and you already got it, you might process it twice. That's why we're, we're always only once and only at least once guarantee, at, at most once guarantee. All these guarantees that are very, very difficult, they, they, they can be achieved with item potency and all that stuff. But it's... It, just complication we don't like complex stuff we are lazy we want simple things as simple as possible all right so push kafka took a look at this and says nah we're not gonna do that we're not gonna do push there's this concept of long polling so i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to polling but i can't use polling as a method because polling is, is resource consuming because I don't want to saturate the network, especially if you have a lot of clients all requesting stuff. It just doesn't work, right? So I don't know who invented the concept of long polling, but Kafka is the first app that I've seen use long polling in my experience. Let me know if you find other clients use that uh, concept. But here's what long polling is. Po long polling is just polling. You make a request to the backend. You say, hey, do you have that message? Do you have that notification for me? 
do you have that chat from Paul? Right? Did Paul send me something tonight? Right? Do I have that 3 a.m. video? Right? The witch video. In the dark web. And then the back end can check. Right? And then can decide. Okay, I checked and I didn't find that message on the back end. The back end, in the case of polling, will immediately respond to the client saying, hey client, there is nothing for you. The long polling approach is the back end checks and didn't find anything, but it just doesn't respond to the client. It says, eh, let the client wait. Let, let, let's trick the client that this is actually, I'm taking my sweet ass time actually checking. I'm just taking time to check. So the client keeps waiting. Well, you might say, Hossein, isn't that bad? Client is waiting. Well, the client is not doing anything. The whole thing is asynchronous. The beauty of asynchronicity, right? The clients, no clients are blocking anymore. We don't have blocking clients. Right? If you send a request, an HTTP request or any other type of request, while you're waiting, you can do other stuff. We figured this out. We fixed it, right? Async await in JavaScript, promises, uh, async in C sharp, and other things. A asynchronicity. You, once you tell your function, hey, this is an asynchronous request, it's okay. Application, it's okay. You can do other things. But I'm just here waiting. So the client is not overwhelmed or anything. So the backend here can go and, I don't know, every three seconds checks the backend again, right? The backend is doing the checking now. The backend is doing the pulling. So that and that's okay because it's localized on the backend. We're local. Assume you're local. You better be local on the backend, right? It's not like your backend is on some cloud region and your a database that you checks is another region. That's probably you. You're in the same boat in that situation. So careful with that. If it's local, then eh, it's okay. All right, I'm going to hit that database. I'm checking every three seconds or whatever. Or do you consider a model where you have a push model on the backend as well to push your to your backend that piece of metadata once it's ready and it's going to be ready at the same time. When that information becomes ready, then you ship the message with content to the front end. Very genius design. And Kafka has sort so uh, have all sorts of beautiful timeouts and parameters that you can set for long polling operations. It has this concept of a number of bytes. Like, okay, send the request when you get X amount of bytes. If you get like three hundred bytes, send it. If you have this much of bytes, send it. Right? If you like, send I don't know a video or something like that. Right live stream or a live audio or something like that you can do it this way hey let's wait for a bit and then send it so that's long polling you make it it's the same thing the whole thing is built upon request response system it's just a trick on the back end we just wait a little bit more the back end just waits doesn't respond immediately so if you have fiddler open or some sort of a charlie or man in the middle proxy that 
checks your request. That request will say, oh, this request is so slow. It took like uh, 300 minutes or three minutes or seven minutes or eight minutes. No, really. Nobody's spending any resources on this one. So maybe you want to filter that out from your 99 percentile latency so clients don't yell at you. Actual people client. So yeah, long polling, guys. That's the summary of long polling. So we talk about polling, pushing, long polling. It's good to mention server sent event. Server sent event is a glorified long polling, in my opinion. That's how I see it. Server sent event is the client sends one request and the server keeps sending infinite amount of responses, events. It just doesn't, doesn't end. That's the difference. There is no end of this of this request. There is no end of there is no service and you cannot send something that just oh this is the end. It's just infinitely until the cloud, uh, the connection is closed. Long polling is actually when you respond after a long wait, you found the result and you respond. The client is responsible to send a request again. <laughs> well, yeah, you have to send it again. You're responsible because that interaction is done, right? Service and event is a longer wait. So that's why I say service and event is a special case of long polling. It's just a longer long polling. It's a very long, long polling. It's a long, it's a longer, long, the longest polling. Okay, I'll stop. You get the idea though. Server sent event. It's SSE. Talked about it many times in this video and this channel. There's a, I made a course with my uh, with a service event beautiful beautiful tech very simple everything that builds on simple stuff me love i love this kind of stuff things that i can explain in <laughs> i know this video is long but you get the idea things that you can actually explain with basic terminologies that everybody understands right instead of using things that makes you sound smarter right all right guys that was the long polling episode i hope you enjoyed the show i'll see you on the other side goodbye